Today's episode is actually a very special one. It is the very first episode that I ever recorded, which really like was the catalyst to start this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just going to be me. It was me and my phone actually. And I just spoke from the heart. And so Priscilla is not going to be on that. It's just going to be me. I'm so excited that, you know, you wanted to start this podcast to create a space for people to share yeah. their stories. And this one is very raw and it's very emotional and vulnerable. And we're excited for you guys to just listen. And here it is. Welcome to the Lean and Learn podcast, where two best friends, a mom and a therapist come together to lean on each other and learn from each other. This podcast was created to hear stories of success, suffering, and everything in between a space for women to feel connected, supported, and heard. You can expect total realness from Priscilla and Zoe as we share our own life experiences, and we hope you take this journey with us as we lean on and learn from. The story I'm going to share today is about pregnancy and pregnancy loss. Um, and I guess it would really start back when Alex and I got married back in, um, June of 2021. Um, we wanted to save our honeymoon for winter time and go to Europe for Christmas. And so, um, I was really eager to get pregnant right away. I wanted to, um, I've wanted to be a mom for gosh, forever, it feels like. And Alex really just didn't feel ready, um, at the time. And so he had finally kind of come around to the idea of of waiting until after our honeymoon um, and then we could start trying. And so I was I was really excited about that. Um, And so um, I was like, well, can we maybe just try before that? (laughs) He made a good point of not wanting to me to be pregnant in Europe because we would be, you know, walking around a lot of places and it was still kind of covid season. So, um, so I agreed and I said, well, we can actually just start trying while we're in Europe since we'll be there for, you know, three weeks. So, um, that's what we did. And we got to Europe in December and it was just a really special time, um, places that Alex and I just love, um, that we definitely want to go back to. Um, and Christmas in Europe is just, gosh, it's just on another, on another level. They just know how to do it. So, um, anyway, we started trying and that was really our first month where we really was, were kind of actively trying. Um, and to our surprise, we got pregnant and that was just so cool. I, I wasn't expecting it. Um, and it's sort of a sweet story because I think I ovulated, um, on Christmas day. Um, and we were in Belgium and that's probably one of our favorite places in the whole entire world. Um, and so that was just really special. And I remember, um, kind of once I was pregnant, looking back and just thinking, wow, like what a perfect story we got, um, pregnant in Belgium. Um, we met, uh, on a new Belgium, you know, bike tour, New Belgium Brewing has kind of been a part of our story. So we just thought, gosh, this is just so perfect. How could it be any more perfect that we got pregnant here on Christmas Day and um, just kind of romanticized the whole thing. And uh, I loved the story. Um, And so finding out I was pregnant um, once we got home, 
um, I bought a pregnancy test and, uh, you know, I always hear from, you know, and when I listen to other podcasts about women who have experienced loss, it's like the innocence you have that first go around is just so, (laughs) you almost laugh at it because I, I, I'm just thinking back to this and that pregnancy test, that first one I took, I just peed right on the stick and I, I looked at it and it was negative and I was like, Oh, I guess I'm just not pregnant. We'll try again next month. And kind of just threw it away and went on with my day. Um, and then later on, you know, you your pregnancy test come in a packet too. And I was just thinking, well, maybe I should read the instructions. I could just, might as well just use the other one since I have it. Um, and so that next morning I woke up really early and um, read the instructions and learned that I had to, you know, pee in a cup and wait three minutes or whatever. So um, I... I did that and I looked at it and the dye kind of went through and I was like, oh, yep, it's negative again. And I set it down and um, a little bit later, I I came back to it really just to throw it away. I wasn't thinking anything of it and uh, it was positive Um, and I just couldn't believe it. I went and woke up Alex and, you know, him never seeing a pregnancy test before was like no the you know the line's so faint and so for him I had to explain you know even the faintest line I think it's still positive and um I just think back to that that moment those moments then you think gosh we were just so naive at that time um I think I only took one more pregnancy test after that um and really just so I could have the the digital one that said pregnant on it to take a picture and that was it. You know, I was just excited. Um, didn't really think anything more of it. I was I was excited to see what was going to happen with my body. Um, and just the innocence, I always say, is like I, I didn't have a worry. I didn't have a fear or anything. I was just so excited to start this journey and um, just finally having this happen for me. I, I, was, I was just... Uh, it was a really, really joyful time, um, those first few weeks. Uh, and then at that, my six or seven week appointment to confirm pregnancy, um, everything looked good. I hadn't really had any pregnancy symptoms at that point. And so I was, I was just, you know, I was just excited. You know, we, me and Alex were both like, gosh, we're going to do this. We're going to be parents. Are we ready? You know, all those things. Um, and, after that appointment, we got an ultrasound picture, and it was just so special. And I just, um, yeah, that time was just, I, I really cherished kind of that moment, those moments um, that we had with that pregnancy. Um, so after that appointment, really quite, quite quickly after that appointment, symptoms did start to pick up for me, and I became extremely sick. Um, I was vomiting multiple times a day, um, every day for, you know, basically the entire pregnancy. Um, I became really scared because I had never felt that way before and I, I just couldn't function and, and I'd never, I'd never been in a position like that before where every single day I just was, my, my physical health was just so 
impacted by this. And um, I just remember, you know, one time going on a walk with Alex and and telling him, you know, if this is how it's going to be for the entire pregnancy, I I, I don't know if, I I really don't know if I can do it. Um, And that was just a, you know, it was an uncomfortable feeling to have because I wanted this for so long and then to be in it and hate it. It was, it was just a lot of mixed emotions. So our next appointment wasn't until the 20 week, um, anatomy scan. Um, and that felt like forever. I remember everyone asking, what's the gender? What's the gender? When are you guys going to have appointment? And just like, we didn't know, we don't know. And, um, that appointment, looking back to that, I, I, again, just sort of laugh and thank gosh, we were so naive. Uh, we were just so excited to find out that the gender at that appointment. I remember Priscilla was coming to um, stay with us for that weekend and it was going to be kind of like a fun um, time for her to see me pregnant finally and to celebrate what the gender was and just to be together. Um, and so we were really anticipating that. But again, I didn't have a worry. I didn't even consider, you know, that there would be something wrong. Um, We scheduled that appointment on a Wednesday morning and I had planned to work the rest of the day. Um, So when that day came, uh, we we were excited and we got there. And um, looking back now, I, 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 uh, I can tell that the the behavior of the ultrasound tech was just so off, but in that moment, I I we just didn't know uh, what to look for. So, you know, she's she's she puts the you know ultrasound thing on my stomach, and she's you know showing us all these different things. It was just so cool to see, you know, our last ultrasound. It was just like a little speck. Um, so from that to now seeing a full baby inside of me and she showed us the little hands and feet and um, she asked us, you know, do you, do you want to know the gender? And we did. And so we said, yeah, she said it's a girl. And uh, yeah, that was really, that was a really... Uh, it felt like a long time, but it was just a moment, and it was just a really great one. Um, I just, Alex held my hand, and um, I immediately just thought to myself, like, oh, a girl, you know, all of our friends have girls, and I just thought, gosh, is she gonna get along with them? How is she gonna look? Um, And I know Alex was thinking those same things, and like I said, that was a really special moment that that uh, felt like, uh, you know, a long time, but it was just a few seconds. And then after that, things really changed. Um, she just kept saying, you know, I'm having a really hard time finding the head. Um, and it looks like your bladder's not very full. And so she was getting up and getting me water. And uh, I thought to myself, like, gosh, you know, it messes up. I, and still not thinking anything was wrong, just that I, I should have drank more water or I shouldn't have peed. And uh, she kept coming in and out of the room. And like I said, the behavior now looking back was off, but we, we were just kind of, you know, in awe and kind of just daydreaming about our baby. And, uh, she kept pushing pretty hard, um, down low, low on me and saying, 
you know, I'm just having a really hard time finding the head. She's the way she's situated. She's really down in your pelvis. And it's just, I'm trying, she was moving me in different places, you know, positions to try to see if the baby would move. And, um, she wasn't moving, uh, very much, uh, you know, her heartbeat was, she had a heartbeat and she was moving in my belly, but in terms of like completely flipping, she, she wasn't. And so, um, she was just having a really hard time. Uh, so once that appointment was done, she was kind of rushing in and out and me and Alex were like sort of starting to pick up like, what's, what, what's going on here? And she said, you know, we want you guys to go upstairs and meet with the doctor. And we thought that was strange because we had a follow-up that afternoon to talk over the results. And so uh, I immediately thought, oh, something's wrong. And we go upstairs and we're sitting in the the waiting room there and Alex is just kind of going through like potential things that could be wrong. And I'm like, you know, it could be a million things. We can't even begin to, to think it could be something wrong with me, something wrong with the baby. But we both were thinking and telling each other like, you know, it, it's not a small thing. Um, we had no clue, you know, how big of a thing it was going to be, but we definitely thought it was going to be something manageable, but, uh, we sort of knew that it, it, it was bigger than, um, bigger than just a small little thing. So, um, my midwife was not there that day. And so it was just kind of a random midwife that we hadn't met yet that, uh, was going to see us. And I was more worried, like, okay, you know, we got to hurry. I have to get back to work. Um, and same with Alex and our heads just were not, you know, in the place, I guess that, uh, looking back, (laughs) they would have been if we knew what was to come. But, uh, so we get into the exam room and, uh, the midwife, she just, you know, pulls up our chart and, kind of takes a deep breath and says, um, so your baby has a diagnosis of anencephaly, which is a neural tube defect, and it is fatal. The baby will not live more than a few seconds outside of the womb. And I just, I could understand what she was saying, but you know, you hear sometimes people who experience traumatic situations, it's sort of like an out-of-body experience. I just, I, my memory is like watching this happen. Um, and I just felt like I couldn't fully comprehend what was going on. Um, I was just kind of just disassociated from the whole thing. And, um, I just was in so much shock, I think, and uh, trying to hold back crying, but also trying to like, you know, take it all in at the same time. And it was just it very intense. Um, and once that sunk in a little bit, the midwife, you know, started talking about options and um, the options were that I could continue the pregnancy and carry her to term um, or for as long as, you know, she would stay inside of me, I could potentially have a late miscarriage or complications. Um, and so that route kind of sounded dangerous. Also, um, delivering 
she was explaining is dangerous just in general. Um, and so knowing that the baby it doesn't have a chance of life, um, my thought was an abortion. And that was pretty clear to me and Alex. Um, after my research, you know, I learned that if I were to have carried her to term, the potential for a, a C-section was really high because the diagnosis that my baby had was anencephaly, which meant that she didn't have a fully developed back of the skull. And so a lot of that was missing. And, and because of that, uh, the natural labor process, it would have been hard to start because the pressure from her head wouldn't have been there like a typical baby would. So, um, yeah, I just kind of uh, confirmed my my decision, you know, that, that I definitely wanted to go the abortion route. And, uh, I was over 20 weeks at that point. And so at my doctor, they do not perform those late term abortions. And, uh, the options were really scarce to us. Uh, she gave us a couple different choices, and due to the lateness or the considered to be late term um, status, there was insurance barriers, and a lot of the hospitals in our area were religion religious affiliated, and so th- this their practice would not um, would not allow those doctors to perform those um, types of procedures just in general. So. Um, our options were really limited, and uh, at that appointment, she said, you know, here are a couple choices, but to confirm uh, this diagnosis, we'll need you to go to internal fetal medicine, and we'll send you a referral, and you'll hear from them. And so before I even could get into get my abortion, I needed that kind of checkoff, it sounded like, from internal fetal medicine. So, uh, you know, after that appointment, I just went into like the mode of just calling people and trying to get this figured out and you know I I wasn't going to wait for them to reach out to me I I really wanted to get this started myself and so once we left that uh, that place I, I I called internal fetal medicine and they got me in that day um, and while we were waiting to go to that appointment, I, I was looking up, which I, you know, I, I guess I would have figured it out eventually, but, um, maybe should have waited, but I, I was looking up on Google what our baby's diagnosis looked like, and I just became really kind of scared and freaked out, honestly. Um, I was even grossed out and uh, just terrified. All these feelings, you know, I felt shame and anger. Um, I was thinking immediately, I've been so sick this whole time and it's because of this thing that's inside me that's just been causing me to feel so sick. And so I just felt resentment and just a lot of a lot of different emotions pretty quickly. And um, I just had a mission to, you know, get it out of me is how I felt. Um, and that might not be how I feel today, but back then that's just, that's where my, my head was at. And so, um, you know, thinking back to that too, of like having to call internal fetal medicine myself because I didn't want to wait and having to explain to them and all of that, 
it just talking to insurance and and all those steps it felt like something I could do in that moment but I could imagine that receiving that news for other people and then having to go and do all these extra steps just to get taken care of uh, could be really hard and so we went to internal fetal medicine and they had to do an ultrasound uh, and sort of the same thing happened there where they tried to do a uh, just ultrasound on my tummy and uh, couldn't visualize so they did a uh, transvaginal ultrasound and you know if anyone's had these both of them I think can be uncomfortable they're pressing pretty hard and uh, kind of waving the wand around when it's inside of you and uh, it's not the most fun experience and um, knowing that what they're looking for isn't there uh, it just feels kind of frustrating and uncomfortable and just kind of wanting to get it over with Um, the doctor there too she uh, it's like how well actually it was the nurse was like how far along are you you know do you know if you're having a boy or girl and it felt more like um kind of small talk rather than like her really asking these questions for medical reason um and so I, I felt kind of taken aback by those questions and thought to myself like why would you why would you be asking me you know do we know the gender like, do you know why we're here? Like, I thought to myself, like, our baby's dead. Um, just felt insensitive. And I thought, God, did you even look at the, the chart? And uh, I was just angry. And I, I felt like those were questions that didn't need to be asked or even talked about. And so to even have to say, like, yeah, it's a girl. At that point, it's like I could barely get those words out without crying. And and so um, after that, uh, they said they basically gave us the same options as our, our doctor did, and they weren't great. Um, again, because of the, the, how far along I was, the options were, I think, limited, and insurance only covered up to a certain amount of weeks and all of those sorts of things. And so uh, really our best option was an abortion clinic. And they said they'd send the referral and then they'd be in touch with us. And I, I just wasn't going to wait for that. Um, I still hadn't gotten um, my referral for internal medicine sent to them. I, I had to have them request it. And so I was really kind of spearheading this and, and getting things rolling. And I, I didn't want to wait for, you know, these nurses to, to do it. I, I really wanted to just get it done. And so I looked up the place that they mentioned and called them and, um, I was able to actually get in that next day. Uh, and there was sort of an urgency because I was sort of running on a time to be able for them to safely perform an abortion because I was coming up on, um, kind of the threshold where they wouldn't do it and I'd have to deliver instead. Um, and so they got me in that next morning and, uh, I remember going there and, uh, you know, if anyone's ever been to an abortion clinic, it's not, it's not a really lovely place to be. There was like bullet holes in the windows and everything was on super lockdown and, um, it just felt shameful to be there. Um, but 
it was nice that when we got in there, uh, they sort of had Alex and I separated from everybody else. And they had us in this like little suite kind of with comfy chairs and a TV and kind of away from um, other women that were there um, getting ab- uh, abortions on non-wanted pregnancies. So I think that's kind of the separation that they had. And um, so that was really nice because I know for just from hearing other women's stories, that's not always the case. And so I felt really taken care of in that moment. Um, just to be able to like just be with Alex and kind of be alone and not have to see um, anyone else and so that first day um, I they gave me anesthesia which I opted for and they put the little match sticks inside the cervix to um, start contractions and start opening up uh, the cervix for the procedure the following day um, and so that was a pretty quick kind of straightforward day. The first day they did that and, uh, sent us home, but gave us some pain, gave me some pain, uh, medication, a prescription to get picked up on the way home. Um, because they said it's going to be kind of intense and, <clears throat> uh, another unfortunate kind of situation that happened was that they were having issues <laughs> with their, computer and so I wasn't able to get my prescription um and I just remember on the car ride home the pain was was intense and I remember thinking like god this is this is what labor must feel like and um it just it was it was really uncomfortable and on top of also still being pregnant um I was nauseous as well and so it just was, it was complete misery. Um, and then not being able to get the pain medication, it just, it was, it just felt impossible. Like the whole thing, it was just barrier after barrier. I just wanted this done. And, um, uh, I just had to keep calling them. And then each time it was like a new person and I had to explain to them what was going on. And, uh, you know, their fax machine was down and they said they've sent it five times and it's just not going through and it was just it was awful um and so I also now know that the medication they gave me that day was to stop the baby's heartbeat um and I guess I they probably told me that but I I didn't really put that together and understand that that um first night and um, I sort of wish I, I, I did know that uh, to kind of be able to be more intentional with that last night with her and maybe be able to kind of be able to like say goodbye and, and all of that. And, but I didn't and I was really just focused on you know, how much pain I was in. And um, I finally got my prescription it was like five or six hours once we got home, and that was a lot of relief. Um, I was still vomiting, you know, because the pain medication made me nauseous too and all of that, but I at least was, you know, felt like moving forward, taking these steps I needed to, and had some uh, pain relief, which was really needed. Um, and that night, I... I felt really scared. Um, I just, I didn't want to be 
away from Alex. I wanted him right by me and I didn't want to be alone at all. Uh, I also felt like I I didn't want to go to sleep because it, it meant that her and I would be alone together and I just I felt really scared about that and again it was like I felt like I had this like monster inside of me that was causing me to feel so sick this whole time and it was like this creature that I had made and it just felt embarrassing and weird and um scary and just all of these feelings and um it was just a lot and um so that night was hard and then that next morning I was just ready I was ready to get this done we got there and uh they had to do an ultrasound um and I guess I didn't mention this before but the only kind of issue that I had at this place was um (laughs) there was a a woman who was training another woman, um, for the ultrasound. And I had to have another ultrasound to confirm, uh, that there was a baby inside of me. And, uh, you know, she's pushing around like all the other ones were. And at this point I was just so frustrated. This was the first day, um, that this part happened. And, um, she's like, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I just can't see the head and we're having a really hard time finding the head. And, at this point, I was just so angry, and I just said, there's not a fucking head, and that's why you can't find it, and it just felt really, uh, really frustrating, I guess, and just, I was just over it, and um, not only that, but, you know, each of these times these ultrasounds were happening, they have the screen just, like, right in front of your face, and so you can see the baby again, and it's just an awful experience to go through and Alex couldn't be in the room with me and it was just it was really hard and so that was my one kind of hard time through through the at the abortion clinic but um outside of that um all the doctors and the anesthesiologist and everybody was just so sweet and that um the day that we went in for the procedure uh the nurses you know were like right by me holding my hands through the whole thing and um the anesthesiologist was so kind and everybody just was um like really empathetic for my situation and um the procedure went fine and afterwards there was just a small complication uh I was bleeding a lot and so I had to lay there for a while and I remember Alex was getting a little concerned because it was taking longer than he thought it was supposed to and um they just had to go back in a couple times and just check on things and it ended up being okay. And, um, I just remember when I was waking up, um, from the surgery, I just was asking them like, did you see my baby? And, and was it really, you know, the diagnosis that we thought? And, and they said, yeah, um, they offered to give us her footprints and cremate her or, you know, there was a couple different types of things, and at that point, uh, I just said no. I didn't want anything. Um, I think I just didn't want to kind of face what was happening. And I had such a anger towards her that I wanted to just be done with it. Um, I look back and I regret that now. I wish that we did have something because now it feels like 
you know, without anything, it feels like she could be forgotten. And, uh, you know, I wish I had something tangible like her footprints, but at the time I just, I just wanted to be done. And, um, so I said no. And, um, I remember, uh, like looking down at my belly and was like, gosh, my, my stomach's already so flat. And the nurse was really sweet. And before she said anything, she's like, is that something that you are sad about or, or happy? And at the time I didn't realize that that could be a, you know, a trigger for women uh, that have gone through this. But for me, it was like a sign that, you know, this was done and I was moving on. So to me, it was, was a good thing. And, um, on the way home, I, I just felt, which is amazing. I felt so good physically. Um, emotionally, obviously I was a wreck, but physically I hadn't felt that way in, you know, the entire pregnancy. I, uh, felt light and I didn't have a single ounce of nausea, which that was never the case for me through the whole thing. Um, it was just like immediately I felt better. Um, and it was really surprising. I didn't expect that at all. And, you know, I came home and I like cleaned our whole kitchen and I was maybe just trying to, you know, do something with this grief energy that I had, but I felt really good. And, uh, I was thinking and telling myself, like my body knew that this was an an unhealthy pregnancy and my baby was sick and that's maybe the signs it was giving me and why I was so sick the whole time and um that's really the kind of end of the abortion piece and kind of terminating that pregnancy I I did have a follow-up with my midwife and before that appointment came I just I just threw myself into researching everything and I wanted to you know make sense of it all and I being a therapist I wasn't looking at like dot-com websites I was really reading like journals and studies and I um I was really trying to understand like what happened and why it happened and uh I learned a lot and I had a lot of questions for my midwife and at that appointment I I felt really um I felt really disheartened because I was asking her a question about like the folate versus folic acid and and she said honestly you know you probably know more about all this than me you're my only second patient in my 20 years of of being a midwife that I've had this happen and uh, so she said I could look it up in our database but uh, you barely probably know more than me and I at that point I just felt like god is it really that like percentage wise like so uncommon and and how you know I just why did it happen to me and and you know what did I do to deserve this and all those things and um, her not knowing really kind of sort of validated my unhealthy thoughts about you know me creating a monster and you know this being so strange and and um, bizarre of a diagnosis and so that was really hard and I felt embarrassed uh, for friends and family to really know what she was and what her diagnosis was and it felt um, it just 
it was just hard. Um, and then after that appointment, we moved closer to friends and family. Um, we had initially decided to do this move when I was pregnant, and then it just all kind of worked out uh, after uh, we lost the baby. So there was a lot happening for us. Uh, it was exciting, you know, in the midst of this crisis we were going through, it um, It was something to focus on. Um, Alex and I were both really excited to have our own space finally, and um, we had a yard, and, uh, you know, it was summer, so I was able to spend a lot of time in the yard, and I think I, I just put a lot of my grief into gardening, and just being alone, and listening to music, and just being in the dirt, which I, I, I really, I really loved that, um, and just kind of getting our bearings, getting settled in, in this new place, and it was just going well, and, um, and in terms of trying, we wanted to try again right away to get pregnant. Um, at least I did. I was really like laser focused on it. Um, Alex was a little bit more um, uh, just cautious about it, I think. He, he thought maybe we should wait a few months, but I was honestly like, I feel like I've waited, you know, way longer than I even wanted to. You know, I... I I'm, I don't want to sacrifice this. I, I want this more than anything, and we're going to do it. So I sort of didn't budge on that. And um, we ended up getting pregnant again um, in August. And I remember my sister and her family was visiting us and just to come to see our new house and everything. And um, the morning that they were leaving, I, I took a test, and it was positive, And it was just I showed everyone and showed her kids and... They were excited to know that there was a baby in my belly, and it was just really cute. And um, I was sort of just like, okay, here we go again. Like, it's a new pregnancy. It's, you know, a a new chance. It's different. It's not going to be the same. I had found a doctor here that I was really excited about, and uh, I was like, let's just do this. Um, I wasn't excited and that's something that um was sort of a theme throughout this pregnancy is like I I wasn't I was hopeful I was very hopeful um but I wasn't excited I was um just taking it day by day and holding on to each day um and what I'll say is is this go around we we waited to have a ultrasound until about nine weeks, I believe uh, our doctor did offer to do um h c g testing and all of that, but I was testing at home, and I was thought to myself, you know i miscarriage isn't my problem, um so I don't need that and uh, it ended up being fine i I uh, had a really smooth pregnancy. I wasn't sick at all. So I thought, gosh, just maybe this is how pregnancy, a healthy pregnancy is supposed to feel. Maybe it's a boy, you know, because I'm not sick at all. Um, it was just starting to be pretty smooth sailing. And I just remember thinking to myself, our baby girl's due date was in September. And I, in August, was like, anticipating that day and was really really scared for that day to come and like hopeful that I wouldn't you know break down and and I thought to myself as long as I'm pregnant then I think I can be okay with that day 
So I think that was my like major motivator to just get pregnant. So I feel, you know, like, yes, I'm not having my baby girl with me today, but at least I'm pregnant and that's coming for me. So, you know, we're finally coming around to my uh, first appointment and we we had that appointment and I, I just, um, I remember driving there and I was just scared. You know, this has been my theme, I feel like, this year of just feeling afraid um, for what I was going to have to go through. And I was just thinking in the car, I'd like, gosh, I really don't want to cry at this appointment. And um, uh, I didn't realize how big of a trigger an ultrasound was going to be for me. Um, But when we got in there uh, and I was all set up laying down uh I immediately just kind of broke down and um it was just a really really hard moment and I think you know women who have experienced a loss I hear a lot that that is a pretty tough uh place to be in that ultrasound room um and it's just so different because for women who have never experienced this those ultrasounds are like you know the best thing ever and it's like they look forward to it and uh, you know it's it's like you know I wish that that part wasn't taken from us but it's just was and I, I don't think we'll ever have that experience back of it being a, a exciting time it's really a scary time for us and so when that happened I you know I was crying and our ultrasound technician was like have you had a you know, lost before, and I said, yeah, and she's just, you know, she was sweet, and um, was really kind of reassuring, she wasn't saying much, but she was able to say, like, we see a heartbeat, things look good, you know, from what I can see, it looks, it looks good, and uh, that was really nice to be able to, like, settle into it, and, and be able to, like, you know, catch my breath, and think, okay, you know, it's okay. Everything's okay at this moment, at least. Um, so that was our nine weeks. And then, um, a couple weeks later we were going to do the genetic testing and I went in and did all that blood work and it was probably about almost 11 weeks at that time. And, um, I was just feeling good. I felt really good and thought this was going to be this was going to be it. So we were having our 12-week appointment uh, coming up, I think, in a couple of days. That Monday morning, I woke up, and um, I was, like, half asleep and went to the bathroom, and there was just blood. And I immediately called Alex, and I was just like, something's wrong, I'm bleeding. Uh, I just, I don't think this is good. And... I just knew right away uh, that I was miscarrying. Uh, Alex, I feel like, did too. We ended up getting uh, in contact with the nurse uh, right when they opened and got me scheduled to come in that that same day. And I was woke up to bleeding around like 7.30 and my appointment was going to be at like noon. And so from that time that I had initially called till that 12 o'clock appointment, I the bleeding had picked up quite 
a lot and I had started cramping and I just remember like saying please 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 over and over again and and just please 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 and just hoping saying please have my baby be healthy and please have this not be a miscarriage and just begging and at that point I was just like so hopeless and you know thinking through all the things that I I did and what could have potentially caused this Alex and I had fought a couple times in the previous weeks and like maybe me being emotional caused this um and so just you know running through everything that that I did that could have caused this to happen and um just begging for it to not be what it was and um I went to that appointment, Alex was on his way home, so I went in there alone, and, um, I, you know, the nurse said, I, I know why you're here, we're just gonna check on baby, and I said, it's, I, I'm miscarrying, I know I am, and she's like, well, let's just see, and she put the ultrasound up, and she was just silent, and just, it was a familiar kind of behavior from before, and, at this point I sort of knew what to look for on the ultrasound and I didn't see the baby moving at all and uh, I asked her do you see a heartbeat and she was like no I don't but I want to take as many pictures as I can um and she she did that and my doctor wasn't there that day again this is kind of the trend and so they said let's let me walk you to one of the doctors available and we can talk about kind of the plan here um and so I met with the the doctor there and she was very sweet and went through everything that I needed to know and Alex couldn't be there so we had him on on you know the speaker phone and he was writing notes which was really cute because in that moment I was like I couldn't even comprehend what they were telling me really and the instructions on things to look for and all of that. I just, I couldn't remember. So it was really useful that Alex had the notes from that that um, he had written. Um, and so she explained that since my bleeding had already started, um, my body is probably going to continue the miscarriage uh, and I don't have to do anything if I don't want. I just was really scared to see the baby. And so I was asking her um, if I miscarry at home, you know, will I, will I have to see the baby? And she said no. She said a lot of times you're going to pass so much, you know, tissue and blood that um, a lot of times you won't see it. And you'll only really see it if you look for it and um she said you can just flush it down the toilet or do whatever you want with it um but you you don't you don't have to look um but she did say it was going to be pretty intense and so that was scary to me because I remembered how it felt before and uh I had a prescription at that point so I was I was a little bit scared for that to happen uh, especially to be alone um, and she explained to me that the baby had stopped growing at about nine weeks 
And I thought that was really interesting because I was about 12 weeks and three days at this point and um, I had done my genetic testing at almost 11 weeks. And so I wish I would have gotten an ultrasound at that time when I got my blood drawn because they were testing a baby that was already dead. And so I was thinking, God, well, I how did I not know I I was carrying around for the last two weeks, I just had my baby that it was dead inside of me, and um, that was that was kind of morbid, honestly. And it's like you don't think of the darkness that comes with having a baby and pregnancy. You know, you think of like the innocence and the purity and all of those like lovely, sweet thoughts about a baby. And um, yeah, it was just it felt very dark to me that I had this, like, dead thing inside of me, and, um, it was just in there for however long, and that was, that was tough again to, to have kind of those same feelings come back that I had from the first time, um, so I said, you know, if things haven't completed themselves, itself on its own, then we'll talk about a DNC on Thursday, but I, I'd rather just go home, I guess, and just see how it goes, so I did that, and um, it was pretty intense, uh, more intense than the first time, um, and I guess I didn't realize that I was going to be in full-blown labor, um, and that's something it sounds like a lot of women don't understand or didn't or weren't prepared for when they have a miscarriage, that it can be as, as intense as it was, and so... I just was at home, like, rocking back and forth and just trying to just, you know, get through get through it and looking things up on Google, like, is this supposed to happen? And you know, checking to see, like, was this normal? And um, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, gosh, all these, like, birth vlogs that I watched on YouTube, I always thought, like, the women were dramatic or just doing it for the camera and... <laughs> I was thinking to myself like no this was this is real this is this is so much pain and um at one point I sort of moved kind of adjusted myself and I just felt this gush and it was my water breaking and I was not expecting that I uh I was shocked it was something I had never felt before or any it was just a bizarre feeling but it was very clearly my water breaking and then at that point, the the pain just, like, intensified, and I went to the bathroom and just just sat there, and, and I all kind of just, like, came out, and I was just crying, and it was just, it was just hard, and I just remember sitting there, and I could just feel it coming out of me, and it was just awful and painful, and emotionally I just again went to that place of like I want this done I don't want to face this and I just flushed the toilet and didn't look I think being afraid too I just didn't want to see um and then I just cried and I just sat there and cried and um yeah that was really hard I by the time Alex got home I had pretty much completed uh labor at least and 
most of everything had passed by that point and so uh I was not in as much pain and <clears throat> I was just sort of numb I think at this point um Alex was great though you know cooking for me we went on walks and um that next day I had my um uh, my appointment with my doctor and they did a confirmation uh, ultrasound and it looked like everything had passed which I was really grateful for because I didn't want any more intervention and again I was just ready to be done and so uh, it was just tough um, going through that again um, and luckily Alex was able to be there with me for that appointment and uh, my doctor was really supportive and um, talked about everything and it was cool to see uh these ultrasound pictures because we had never seen you know uh, uh, a baby with you know full it was fully developed and had a little cute face and we were able to learn that it was a boy and and we learned that at our genetic test so we knew already that it was a boy um so that was really sweet and he showed us it looked like there wasn't a neural tube problem from what he could see at that developed point of course you can't really confirm that until about 15 16 weeks but at this point he he was showing us we could see the full back of the head and the pictures that they gave us um he's just kind of got his eyes closed and his arms are sort of hugging himself and um it just looks like he's sleeping and um I really, really love those pictures. Um, and so that's sort of like the thing we got to have of his uh, to keep. And um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was really, really cool to see. And um, but also like, again, going back to like, why did this happen? And um, there really wasn't a clear answer. And my doctor kind of chalked it up to like, you know, bad luck, which is something you hear and I hear a lot now and on podcasts about doctors saying that where it's, that's maybe not really true. Um, there's probably something that's wrong, but, or going on at least. And it's just maybe too difficult to figure it out, uh, in terms of like testing and stuff. And so, um, just not having answers I think makes it hard to make sense of it and at least with our first one we like had a clear idea of why or what it was and and this time around the genetic genetic testing came back fine for the you know for the ones at least we did and um yeah there's just not a not a clear idea of if what what went wrong and that's really hard because um you know it's like well we can just try again and that's kind of where we're at at this point is like we can try again but you know how much can my body and our emotions take before we actually get a baby and I think that's kind of the thing I juggle is like trying again involves a lot of 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 me um a lot of energy and uh, a lot of emotion and so I understand why people don't try I think it's a really or wait to try and take breaks and all of that because it's it it can be it's scary you know and it takes a lot of bravery to pick yourself up and and move forward knowing farewell that the uh, the chances of something bad happening are 
you know, getting bigger and bigger, it feels like. And so, um, yeah, kind of coming to present day, it's, it's like that's kind of where we're at is like wanting to try again, but also wanting to understand why this is happening to us and you know you you can't help but have those feelings of like why me and you see all your friends around you being pregnant and having families and for me it's something I've wanted for so 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 long and so it's like oh when is it going to be my turn and and all those feelings you just really can't help but um but yeah and and I think I find hope in just kind of focusing on the things that I can control. I think that that is a healthy thing to do um, and not to get into a headspace of, you know, what did I do wrong and and all of that because, you know, there's nothing I can do now to to change what happened aside from just try to be as healthy as I can. Um, And so that's really where my story ends and brings us to present day I know that obviously it's not over the story and we'll see what's to come and um I think you know going kind of full circle back to why we wanted to start this is like to be able to have people around you that that can support you and be there and remind you that you know, you're not alone and that you're not crazy and you know all of those things it just makes it it doesn't make it better, but it makes it easier and, and it, it keeps like hope at least um, alive. Thank you guys so much for listening to Zoe's story. I know that it was very vulnerable and very raw and Zoe, I'm just so proud of you and how far that you've come. I just have so much love for you and I know that everybody has a story. And so if you guys are wanting to share yours or just come on here and and just talk with all of us you can reach us on our instagram at lean and learn pod or at our gmail which is let's lean and learn at gmail.com and yeah we just appreciate all of you guys 